Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, this is Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, live, actually, podcast from 17 floors above Madison Square Garden here in New York City. And it's great to be back with you. And I said live because we were doing a live stream in our last edition. We had the Latinos for Liberty Town Hall, and that was terrific. I want to send a big shout-out and thank you to everybody that participated. But the drama continues And the drama I'm talking about is the back and forth that we've been seeing with so many different tangential pieces of Sunday's Super Bowl performance. To set the stage, today, we still don't know who won yesterday's Iowa caucus. Tonight, the president speaks about the State of the Union. And tomorrow, it's the acquittal, which I'm going to call the exoneration just to piss off a bunch of libs. The drama that's continuing is Jay-Z and Beyonce didn't stand up. We saw the video a million times. Big shout to Mr. Producer who put a video out there and it's been seen by like 25 million people. I'm exaggerating, but it was the video that I saw and I said, man, that was interesting. Tommy Laren, is it Tommy or Tommy? Anybody, anybody? Tommy Laren has uh, made some comments about this. Her best friend, Cardi B, weighed in by tweeting that Beyonce and Jay-Z, parentheses, former crack dealer, sit for the national anthem because apparently the United States of America has oppressed them with millions upon millions of dollars and fans. Sounds rough. Maybe they should try another country that allows them a little more freedom and success, huh? That's Tommy Laren on Twitter. She goes on to say, you hate the police, Donald Trump, and the spirit of this nation so much you can't pick your privileged asses off the chair for two minutes to pay some respect? Despicable. I have to say, I do agree with that, but I also support, just like Voltaire said, I may not agree with what you've got to say, but I will defend till the end your right to say it. And that's me. I I believe that we should have friends that are liberals. We should get along with the other side. This is not a civil war. This is a battle of ideas. And it's virtue that started our country. And it's that same virtue that we need today to have this discussion of ideas. Shutting down and saying... You know, you're one of those, I'm not talking to you. Or if you believe in that, I can't mess with you. That's not the answer that only continues to pervert our republic. To go closer and closer towards what Marx had in mind for us. These groups where we self-segregate. So, of course, looking at these pages here, Cardi B chimes back in. It's time to dog walk again. And if you go back to This Is America episode, I don't know, might have been five, six. uh, We're almost at episode 100, by the way. We talked about their previous beef last year where she said she would dog walk her. The next response from Cardi B is, get me my leash. (laughs) I got to say, she's very clever with her words. 
It's so entertaining to see the two of them go at it in this back and forth because they're both these celebrities in their own world. It makes the day go by a little faster when you can scroll through Twitter and see these two barking at each other, if you will. But what's interesting about this whole thing is that while everybody was having this big fiasco about Jay-Z and Beyonce not standing up, which I do believe they should have, I think everyone should. If you're able to stand up, you should. It's just a matter of respect. And I mean, you see it, good sportsmanship all over the globe, in every Olympics and all of the competitive games they have. Athletes from other countries always stand up and acknowledge and respect the American national anthem when it's our turn, just as we do to their team. I think those rules should transcend into politics, into culture, into the Super Bowl, into the rap world, into any of those things. Now, it reminds me of an article that I wrote in the Washington Times back in 2013, And the title of the article was Arizona Students Suspended for Harassing Spanish Speakers Files Lawsuit. The print is small. It was hard to print this out because it's an old article. There was a part of the article where I referenced a different tweet storm that occurred when people on Twitter were saying that a Mexican sang the national anthem at the Super Bowl and did it in Spanish. Of course, it turned out that it wasn't a Mexican singing the national anthem in Spanish at the World Series. It was an American born to parents from Puerto Rico. This guy was born in the Bronx, and he actually is J-Lo's ex-husband, Mark Anthony. He sang it in English, but it was a big to-do. Why was it a big to-do if an American sings the national anthem in English at the World Series? One could only surmise that they didn't like the fact that he wasn't the -the run-of-the-mill singer of the National Anthem. I'll let you figure that out. But it reminded me of something that I wrote because at the time, I thought to myself, free speech is free speech, whether it's in Spanish or not. We have that liberty. When was the last time you went to the Chinatown in New York City or the Chinatown in LA or the Chinatown wherever you live and thought to yourself, why are there so many signs in Chinese? Why do they speak Chinese in the Chinese restaurant? Nobody says that. Yet, people do raise those same concerns when they hear people speaking Spanish. Which leads me to believe this is not simply about people speaking another language, but the actual language that they're speaking. And probably comes from a place of fear. But this particular paragraph stuck out at me. What happened to America being a melting pot? What happened to the Bill of Rights affording all Americans First Amendment rights to free speech? Isn't speech in Spanish still speech? And shouldn't it be free? What happened to the mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning and her name is Mother of Exiles? From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome as inscribed on the tablet held by our Statue of Liberty. What happened to that? Now, America's faced these challenges before. In 1974, a German-speaking congressman and his constituents from Augusta County in Virginia presented a petition to Congress to have a certain proportion of U.S. laws translated and printed into German as well as English at the expense of the federal government. In 1795, the proposal lost by a very close vote, 42 to 41 Allowing students to speak Spanish in a classroom is a far cry from a congressional petition to have legislation printed in German. So why all the controversy over songs from J-Lo or from Shakira? 
I'm not going to read the entire article, but it, not because I wrote it, but it was a pretty good read. I did a lot of research for it, and it was really interesting. And it's interesting to see, to me, that so much of what I talked about in 2013, seven years later, is still very relevant. And we're facing the same types of issues. And it's a lack of understanding. I can't tell you how many times I scrolled through Twitter yesterday, and I thought to myself, wow, these are my fellow Americans that don't know that Puerto Rico has been a part of the United States for 200 years. Since 1812. And that every major war in the United States has had Puerto Ricans fighting in it. Because that's like saying New Jerseyans or New Yorkers are fighting in it. Puerto Rico's not a colony. While it is a associated free state or a commonwealth, it's very much like a state without some of the technical benefits of a state. But irrespective of its particular status, one thing that's for sure is that every single person born in Puerto Rico for more than the last 200 years is an American citizen just like people born in Hawaii are, or Alaska for that matter. What's the big difference? A part of their culture. There's a language because they were once a Spanish colony. That's the issue, in my humble opinion. I've never been afraid of somebody that can speak more languages than me, and I don't know why other people are, but it happens. I guess like leadership expert Andy Stanley says, some problems just can't be solved. Some are perceived problems. Some aren't problems at all. They're tensions that don't go away, such as work and life balance. And therefore, tensions need to be managed. They're tensions. They're not problems that need to be solved. In that vein, we need to manage the tension of discrimination masquerading as fear or resistance to change. We must hope that just as African Americans have succeeded despite the oppression that they once faced, that Hispanics and those who espouse anti-Hispanic sentiment will soon also peaceably coexist and eradicate this tension for good so we can progress as Americans despite our diverse ancestries. That's how I wrapped up that article and I, I feel the same way today. But the reality of all of that to me is what does it matter if I go home and I eat rice and beans and speak in Spanish and listen to Shakira and JLo if I still believe in a limited government? If I still believe in our constitution, if I believe that it's liberty and capitalism and our ability to be free as a people that allow us to do what it is that we do, the things that make America great, the answer is it doesn't matter. As Americans, we need to keep our eye on the ball and not get distracted by the Marxist BS Bolshevik strategy of trying to separate people into groups. More after this, I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. All right, so now I wasn't done with my Cardi B rant. Again, this is Rich Valdez. We're here 17 floors above Madison Square Garden. And I'm not really ranting. I just find her, I find Cardi B to be really interesting because I do think she's very smart. And I do think from listening to the things that come out of her own mouth that she's way more conservative than she lets on to be. And according to the Daily News, 
here's their headline. Wannabe politician Cardi B was a registered Republican for four years, according to election records in the Bronx. Doesn't surprise me one bit. She goes on to say, you know, if you're a conservative and you support an opposite party, that's okay. Unless you're a racist, we can get into friendly debates right here. Just voice your opinion. And she shared that in a tweet on Tuesday. And that's why I believe she truly believes in liberty. I know she believes in capitalism. We've heard her position on taxes. And the best and most telling moment of it all was when she sat down with Senator Bernie Sanders for an interview. And as he gave his comments about socialism and how he wanted Medicare for all and what it was going to cost people like her that get taxed at the rate she does. That was when I said, man, you could see it on her face. She realized she was backing the wrong candidate. Cardi is truly a capitalist. She hustles. She gets money. And she does not want to pay more tax than she needs to. Sounds just like me. Now, I'm not Cardi B, but I'm saying she is truly a conservative. She espouses conservative values. Because she has a big heart, she mentioned she takes care of her whole family and that audio that we listened to. And if we can replay it again, super. If not, you're going to have to go back to episode, I don't know, five, six, seven, or eight of This is America and listen to it. But she talks about how she takes care of everyone in her family, 10, 12 people, something like that. So when you have a big heart and you're caring for your family, I could see how you can get sucked into believing that it's the government's job to take care of people's health care, to take care of people's student loan bills. But it's not. It's totally not the government's job to pay your bills unless you work for the government. So Cardi B is a true example of American capitalism. And she just bought a $6 million mansion in Atlanta. So there's talk about her potentially running for Congress. And that's a whole different story. But she told the Daily News, check this out. I think I want to be a politician. I really love government, even though I don't agree with government. Hmm. And then on Twitter, she also said she could be a part of Congress if she put her mind to it. Now, this is about a week ago, a week and a half ago. She tweets out, I do feel like if I go back to school and focus up, I can be a part of Congress. I dead ass have so much ideas that make sense. I just need a couple of years of school and I could shake the table. Cardi, I would probably vote for you before I vote for AOC. The reality here is Cardi B is very much like Donald Trump. She's an entertainer. She's provocative. She's bombastic. She tells you exactly what's on her mind. She does not stop to think a whole lot. She just gives it to you raw. When she says things like she pays too much and she wants to know where the hell her tax dollars are going, she's telling the truth. Unlike AOC, who's bought into this ideology that we have to be separated into groups by race. We have to be separated into groups by how much money we earn. This social strata is everything. It's pure Marxism. AOC truly believes in that. She truly hates capitalism. She truly hates the idea that there are companies that grow into billion-dollar corporations and that people have that kind of money. She hates that idea because she doesn't have control over their money. Every single proposal she puts forward, she wants control of your money. She wants to spend Cardi's money better than Cardi can. She knows she can do it better than Cardi can because that's what she believes. She believes in government. She worships at the altar of the almighty government. As Mark Levin would say, she's a statist. Cardi is a capitalist. She wants you to get the hell out of her way, leave her family alone, and let her do her thing. Just like I do, just like Mr. Producer does, just like so many of us do. This is why this 
topic that I always come back to of capitalism versus socialism is so critical. And we have to continue to make the case and draw stark contrast so that we know what's going on. So that when Cardi does run for Congress, Cardi for Congress, she makes the right choice and she does the right thing. Now, of course, she supports Bernie Sanders for president, but she says she does that because of his record on human rights. And she says that Republicans that are with Trump are wrong. And here's her quote. You see, the Republicans are afraid to stand up to Trump because he might take their positions away from them. She thinks he's a king. But the Democrats, they just don't give a bleep. I would say it's actually the opposite that's true. Trump can spend tons and tons and tons against the opposite party and attack them all day and make nicknames for everybody. Crazy Bernie, mini Mike, he can do whatever he wants. But when he starts attacking people in his own party, you're hurting the base. It's literally called a base because you have to stand on that to have support. If you don't have a base, you've got nothing in politics. You don't see Trump or any politician really taking aim at their party too often because it's literally shooting yourself in the foot. The bottom line here is that a lot of this stuff is not always consistent with the facts. Trump is not a king. He cannot hurt these people. He can use political influence, and that's what politics is all about. This is why we need to rely on the facts. I always get my facts from JustFacts.com, and that's facts, F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. If I were you, I would sign up for their newsletter at JustFacts.com slash rich, and you'll get an email once, two, three times a month with the latest research that they're doing on all of the issues that matter most. They analyze everything from the economy to education to the Constitution to their most recent one, the Voter Knowledge Survey, which was really telling. I urge you to go check out JustFacts.com, JustFacts.com. Now, up next, we're going to talk about the State of the Union. You're going to hear about what Chris Cuomo had to say about Senate Republicans and what AOC said about tonight's State of the Union. Straight ahead, I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. You're okay. It's Rich Valdez. We are still here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden. And we've got a lot of interesting things going on right now. I'm going to use this segment to talk about what's going on on the national front. So we've got the president getting ready to deliver the State of the Union. The Democrats have pigeonholed him. They knew that they couldn't get him. Now, what's interesting here, and this is a little bit of a a recap, but the Democrats knew they could not beat Trump. They just wanted to give him a black eye by saying that they had a vote for impeachment and that he was impeached. He's now the third president uh, to ever be impeached. And just like the others, he's going to be exonerated. And I use that word just to piss off the liberals because they're like, no, he's not exonerated. He's just acquitted. Listen. You get locked up for something. They find out there's no proof. There's no evidence. They can't make a case against you. It gets thrown out of court. Case dismissed. You're acquitted. That's it. You're exonerated. Now, I understand, of course, the black guy remains. You're still that guy that was maybe perp walked. You're still that guy 
that came out on the news that was accused of this and that. You might have been on the cover of a dozen newspapers. And that's their plan. They want to smear you. They want to tarnish you. So when he runs for president later this year, Trump-Pence 2020, they can say that this is the first president ever to run as an impeached president seeking re-election. And of course, that's because they had this majority in Congress and did a partisan attack just to get him out. And it didn't work. And they knew it wouldn't work. One must wonder why they did it. And we've talked about that in the past. There's a lot of speculation on it. My take is ultimately, they say, if we do well, he's out. If we do bad, he's tarnished. Problem is, I think it's backfiring. And a lot of people in the middle realize, I don't even like politics, but this guy's getting railroaded. And that's why Trump's approval numbers continue to improve, in particular amongst Hispanics, because the economy's better and they're People that just don't want to see other people maligned. And the Democrats really went out of their way, and they still are. So in another political negotiation, at the end of last week, they decided, you know what, we could easily have this vote on Friday. President will be exonerated or acquitted on Saturday morning in a vote. We could have went into the Super Bowl and had a happy week where he could deliver the State of the Union. But they saw that as too much of a win. They wanted to grab some more headlines because that's what this is. This is a political pissing match. And it's unfortunate, but that's exactly what it is. What does AOC have to say? Our favorite congresswoman from the 14th district in New York City, Queens in the Bronx, all out crazy, attacking our Constitution, the queen of the attack on capitalism, who chooses aliens over citizens, decided to say that she's not going to normalize Trump's lawlessness. Here's the tweet. After much deliberation, I have decided that I will not use my presence at a state ceremony to normalize Trump's lawless conduct and the subversion of the Constitution. None of this is normal, and I will not legitimize it. So it's not normal for a president to have a State of the Union address. She goes on, consequently, I will not be attending the State of the Union. Okay, AOC is someone that has influence, in particular, the younger generation, those that have less wisdom, those that have less life experience, those that don't know what it's like to earn money. This past week, we did a town hall, live stream town hall at WABC Radio in New York City on the topic of capitalism versus socialism. And we had leaders from the Hispanic community uh, that were at the forefront of the conservative movement. One of them, 21 years old, Gabriel Montalvo, He's the vice chair of the Republican National Hispanic Assembly in New York State. And he said, I too had my own walkaway experience. But it was short lived. It happened right before I earned my first paycheck. And I laughed because I'm thinking to myself, of course, once you know what it's like to earn money and know what it's like to have to pay taxes and realize that you're accountable to an employer, everything changes. All bets are off. This idea that you may have grown up with that my mother is going to feed me, my dad is going to feed me. The government is not your daddy. The government is not going to feed you. You have to step your game up and that's the beauty of America. We have capitalism. We have the liberty to make a difference in our own lives, to better the lives of our family. But AOC doesn't believe that. Like I mentioned before, she's one of those that likes to worship at the altar of government. She believes As the great one says in statism, the government is your daddy. As I've mentioned in a previous podcast, let's just say AOC was making 80 or 90 grand a year as a bartender. Not a bad living. She's making nearly double that working for the government. Who is she beholden to? 
She used to say that her donors were small dollar donors. But when you go online and look at the FEC reports, you see that in 2018, she had donors like Apple and Starbucks, if I'm not mistaken, or some other big corporation, which she claims are the enemy. What does that tell you? She's full of it. Now, granted, to a degree, many politicians are full of it. So I'll give her a pass on that one. But where I can't give her a pass is where she's not full of it, where she keeps it super real. Her love for communist sympathizers like Bernie Sanders, her love for the creator of socialism and communism overall, Karl Marx, her hatred for capitalism. That's genuine. And if it doesn't worry you, it should, because she's quickly becoming your children's political superstar, the Wonder Woman of politics. She's even got her own comic book, and she's boycotting the State of the Union, using whatever influence she has to make it look like Trump is some super illegal president, there's a criminal in the White House, and she's not going to support it. And she's not alone. People like Chris Cuomo from CNN are slamming Senate Republicans just the same. Comparing a Trump acquittal to a deal with the devil. Go figure. Honoring the Constitution, following the letter of the law, giving him his fair day in court, he brings in excellent attorneys, makes the case, which they tried to cover up in the House, didn't allow his attorneys to have access during the Intel Committee hearings. Now that the story's out, the truth is out, and the facts are out, now all of a sudden, it's a deal with the devil. Democracy, democracy, that's all you hear is democracy. They took the vote and they lost. They said no to witnesses and they're going to say no to convicting him of the crimes that they're saying he committed, which don't amount to impeachable offenses. I find it just super interesting because I was on the train the other day and I bumped into an old friend of mine, grammar school friend, and I was like, oh, what's up? Good to see you, blah, blah, blah. Super nice guy. I was about to reload my uh, Metro card, but I wasn't sure if I had enough time to do it. So I was like in the middle of checking, you know, if I, if I had time or whatever. And that's when I saw him. He was like, oh no, I got you. And, and he swiped his Metro card for me and I went through and super nice guy. We don't agree on things politically. And I, I saw him put a post up the other day and it said, Republicans are a disgrace. They have dishonored the constitution. And I thought to myself, whether Trump gets acquitted or not, this guy believes that statement to be true. And that's thanks to Chuck Schumer. That's thanks to Nancy Pelosi. That's thanks to Adam Schiff. Thanks to Jerry Nadler. Thanks to their acolytes like AOC. They have literally lied to Americans, selling them a false idea. An idea that because they say Trump's guilty, he's guilty. Not innocent until proven guilty, but guilty until proven innocent. What's wrong with that picture? Then they wonder why we have what they, they like to call mass incarceration. And this is why they have this bail reform. So their idea is if we don't put anybody in jail, we won't have mass incarceration. It's the stupidest thing ever. It's backfiring like crazy. Criminals need to be in jail. Non-criminals may not need jail. Walk around New York City for a minute. Then you'll see a real deal with the devil. But like Chris Cuomo said, the idea of the president's perspective here is that it's like a deal with the devil. Listen to this. The idea of um, the president's perspective on this, Laura, which is, boy, has this been unfair. <laughs> I said it was Faustian. You'll start to hear this. Faust made his deal with the devil. He wanted everything now, and he'd sell his soul later on. Um, the crossroads here is the vote on witnesses. When you went bad on witnesses, 
you surrendered your dignity as a senator who was doing a job pointed by the Constitution. So now he's going to attack people's dignity, surrendering their job as appointed by the people under the Constitution. And this is what the leftists do every single time. I disagree with you on policy. Well, I think this is that. I think that's this. That's fine. You can have all the disagreements you want. Once you prove them wrong and you say, look, I support limited government. I support lower taxes. Those things are good for me. They're good for my pocket. They're good for my family. And quite frankly, they're good for my neighbor. They hate it when you have a good response. So the next thing is they'll either attack your morality or suggest that your morality is in question. These are the things I hear on a regular basis, and you just heard him say it. He's now, because of her vote, he's saying that, you know, people are selling their souls and making a deal with the devil. People have told me, you know, I thought you were a Christian. I can't believe as a Christian you support Donald Trump. The political debate has now become a debate over me supporting a candidate. I never make the case, hey, I thought you were a Christian. How could you support abortion? How could you support a pro-choice candidate? I never do that. I realize it's not a winning strategy. I don't think it's good to kill babies. I don't think abortion is good. I'm super pro-life. But I don't sit here and belittle people that I disagree with. That's between them and God. But this is their strategy. They attack your morality at every step. Because ultimately, they're coming from a place that doesn't embrace morality. They don't uphold the sanctity of life. They don't uphold faith or religion. Virtue has fallen by the wayside. This is why Bernie supporters are saying that they will torch cities that don't vote for Sanders. This is why people like AOC, who I could totally imagine on the weekends, dressed like a ninja, doing Antifa dirty work, going after capitalists. Because... Her hatred for capitalism, her hatred for your paycheck and you earning that paycheck is so genuine. She wants you to be supported by the government. She wants you to hijack whatever company you work for so you can control the means of production. I mean, this is communism 101 minus the revolution. There's still a lot of moving parts going on, so we're going to keep you updated and up to speed. Until then... Follow us on Twitter at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez with an S. You can check us out at richvaldez.com, richvaldez.com. That's our website. Please continue to like and subscribe and stream and share. Every time you share the podcast, it gets so many more listens. So we definitely appreciate that. We appreciate that you've put us into the top 50 in the first month of January, and we're looking to have a fantastic February as well. As I always tell you, if you stand for nothing, you fall for anything. Like Edmund Burke said, all that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good men and women to stay still and do nothing. Until the next time, America, I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. 